everyone. Welcome to Backstory Sessions. I'm your host, Matt. We hope you enjoy this episode. episode of Backstory Sessions. I'm joined today by my co-host, Matt. Hey, Matt. Hey, Kat. Hey, everyone. How are you? Well, I've officially said, hey, Matt, a hundred times. That's right. You have. Yeah, this is our hundredth episode. Quite a milestone, wouldn't you say? I, I can't, I can't even believe it. It's so, such a, it's such a good feeling. I mean, we made it a hundred yeah yeah i mean uh it's been a lot of work for sure and uh it's been a lot of fun too so we've been able to tell some really interesting stories and uh, talk to really interesting people um i'm just really happy with the way things have transpired with the podcast and you know when we were thinking about who was going to be our 100th episode guest. I never in a million years thought that it would be who it is. Yeah. Uh, it's, it, well, I mean, you know, in, in our defense, we have talked to a lot of, you know, really interesting people. And uh, this guest is certainly interesting. Um, sort of grew up... Uh, watching her on tv yeah so you know when we interviewed artemis pile um i said then i felt like it was you know it was a part of like music history we right were yeah. to interview and now i feel like what an incredible honor that we get to have a guest on our 100th episode that is also celebrating 50 years since the beginning of MASH. Yeah, for sure. Um, I feel fortunate that we were able to get her to sit down and talk to us. Yeah, I mean, like, I wonder, is she going to sound like hot lips sounded? Um, what's her personality going to be like? I just have so many questions for her. Yeah, we're going to talk to Loretta Swit, obviously, uh, who, played, yes, we are. <laughs> who played hot lips on MASH. And... Uh, you know, she's got a bunch of things going on uh, since MASH and uh, also during the time that she was on MASH, which was 11 seasons, I believe. Yeah, I mean, that is a very long-running series. Some characters you, you like and you, you know, you might talk about them from time to time, but so many of the listeners... They started chiming in about the influence that that character had on, you know, their whole life. Like, so many people became nurses because of her. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've heard stories like that as well, and I'm sure she, you know, she has many more like that. Um, it's, you know, MASH was one of the most watched TV shows in television history. I think the finale still stands as the most watched TV show in history, which is pretty phenomenal. 
And, well, <laughs> you know, kind of an oddity about it, but people did not use the bathroom uh, during MASH, like during that final episode. Uh, so <laughs> okay. <laughs> after it was over, then there was like a water problem because everybody had to go then. <laughs> Yes, I mean that that tells you the impact right there of this show. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> I remember I remember seeing the episode, and uh, it was certainly uh, you know, it's it's worthy of all the accolades it's gotten, and you know, all the you know, it's just one of those things that you remember from when it happened. Uh, great show, lots of great characters, and, you know, felt like watching that show, you, you know, we got to see what the family that they were, and... Definitely a great show, and Margaret Houlihan, you know, that character, again, such an influence for young women. A lot of people have grown up to be a lot stronger just by watching her and I mean what an honor that is to bring to life a character that's able to have that influence and impact yeah, and also what an honor for us to have her on on the podcast uh, you know it's one of those things like you were saying with Artemis it's just you don't it, it's so surreal in ways that you get to talk to these people and I cannot think of anyone that would be uh, better a better guest for the hundredth episode. I I just um, it just fell into place. It was perfect. It is perfect, and uh, you know we we are so lucky. These hundred episodes, we you know it's, they've really been good to us. Yeah, we've had had certainly had a lot of great guests, and uh, here's to a hundred more. Yeah, at least. <laughs> at least yes all right so uh without any further ado let's uh talk to loretta swit loretta swit we are so happy to have you and welcome you to backstory sessions today oh, how sweet you are how thank i'm so grateful we could work out the time and uh uh, we're going to talk about a lot of my very favorite subjects, so let's do it. Well, you are a favorite subject for us, for sure, Thanks. and um, this is a big year, 50th year since Mass Whoa. began, yes. and you are our 100th episode guest, so it's an amazing episode all the way around for us, and it's wow. an honor to have wow. you. Do I get a prize, or do you just give a donation <laughs> to my charity? <laughs> uh, I well, definitely, I'm going to be donating to the charity. But um, you know, I hopefully our conversation will be a, a memorable prize. Um, okay. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, when our uh, listeners heard that you were going to be the hundredth guest, um, wow. we got lots of feedback. So everybody was really excited, and. Um, you know, some people said that your character uh, in Mass, like, led them to want to be a nurse. Um, yes, yes. I'm so um, thrilled about that. Yes. And uh, one listener in particular, Kelly Wilson, um, she said that your character, when she was a young girl uh, watching Mass, that it made her 
realize the importance of becoming a strong, independent woman. Um, so how did I, you... I, I, I'm so thrilled to get feedback like that. You have no idea the effect that has on me. Uh, there I am out there doing what I love, doing what I think I do best, and I'm doing this exceptional uh, series and this interesting, wonderful character, and um, I'm getting feedback from women all over the world who became nurses because of Margaret Houlihan. I, I'm overwhelmed by this because I will never meet these people, and I have had this incredibly positive effect on their lives. And it's just, it's overwhelming, really. Well, it's um, it's quite a, a legacy to have for a character and for an actress, I would imagine. Oh, yes. Um, what did you like about uh, Margaret uh, when you were first looked at the script? I think her, her humanity her humility, her ambition. I mean, there were so many traits uh, uh, that she has. Uh, Her, she was trying very hard to be the boy her father always wanted. And so I think she worked double duty at that. She wanted, she was, here she was a major and quite young at that point in her life. Uh, which is remarkable. Uh, a head nurse, which is remarkable, she's in charge of 25 nurses. She's at the front. Yeah, I mean, she was quite a remarkable character. And um, I really was in awe of her and wanted to play her to the best of my ability. To uh, And I, I fought for a lot of her integrity. Uh, initially, the approach was this is a situation comedy but i i fought against having any comedy demean her and her position uh if that makes sense to you it it definitely does and looking at the time period um when it was taking place that's right all the more important that you took that stand i think um Uh, yes i I'm, i'm just very proud of the way they, uh, I fought to have her evolve into this strong and and efficient. She was she was good at her job. And uh, when I took on the role, I, I sort of made that announcement. I said, I want this character to be character to be the best damn head nurse in Korea. You know, and uh, that was <laughs> that was Loretta's goal. <laughs> well, I think she pretty much achieved that over. Was it eleven seasons that match was? That's right. Yes. Wow. I mean, that is a long running um, series for sure. Um, did you know from um, the pilot in I guess nineteen seventy two? Did you know it was going to be the iconic series that it's become? You know, honestly, I don't think anyone in their wildest dreams would ever have visioned this to happen. I mean, it's, um, my God, you know, 50 years, that, of course, is, is enough of a celebration. But 
the kudos, the, uh, well, we, we won uh, such important awards. Uh, yes. and the Humanitas Award. Uh, there isn't a, quote, situation comedy that ever won the Humanitas Award. You know, it's that kind of thing. We won the Peabody. We're in the Smithsonian. I mean, it just the iconic, uh, uh, yeah, that, 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 that we are icons and that, that the, uh, that the public took us in like family and um, responded to our our messages, our our feelings, our um, uh, our humanity, really. So we became a global family, and it's stirring. It's it's just uh, inspiring that that can happen. You can do that. You put forth. The kind of work that we did, people responded, the audience responded, and here we are 50 years later still talking about the show, and it's still running. Uh, so uh, it, it, it proves itself on so many levels. Give the audience the best you can, give them the truth, give them important issues, give them lessons. We were the best babysitters there were. <laughs> uh, a young girl growing up, get, uh, you know, like you said, this young person watching, so she she was being given some life lessons that were really good. Yes, so we're all very proud of what the show stood for in terms of uh, excellence and quality, and uh, I get life lessons. You know, things that we believed in that we felt were good you know so what was it like on the set where um i mean i know this is um situational comedy but during wartime um and, and you all are very serious actors but uh, you're playing these characters that you know humor is so important to so was it um you know a fun kind of set to be on or how how was that Okay, uh, the the interesting thing about doing this, um, yes, it was wartime. We were close to the front, and we were operating daily, sometimes eighteen-hour shifts. What you, what we always kept in mind for the undercurrents of the show is that the comedy, the craziness, the silliness, the pranks came out of the fact that we couldn't allow ourselves to drown in the in the drama. Yeah. We, we were crazy be, to stay sane. We were doing crazy things because we needed the sanity. You you follow that thinking? I, I know yeah. it sounds uh, like uh, the opposite, but we were uh, determined to stay sane in a very crazy, insane situation. You're standing in blood. 18 hours patching bodies together that are generally very young bodies and it's it uh, after a while you need to break out of that and do crazy things you know even if it's have a drink or have this crazy still in the swamp or or <laughs> to, to run around with yeah i mean it just so we always as a group reminded ourselves that that's why we were behaving insanely 
And that's <laughs> why it worked. It kept us sane and we could laugh and we could joke and we could do those things because we had to. We had to get through that terrible period. And and it, it just works. It, it works and it worked for us uh, and it worked for them at the front, you know. So did any of the antics that took place, um, like, develop into the script? Maybe they hadn't been planned, but something funny um, that someone did uh, ended up to be part of that character or part of that episode? No, I don't think so. But uh, during the rehearsal period, um, these are very very inventive actors, very, you know, uh, and we knew our characters really well. We were getting deeper and deeper into the characters. So during the rehearsal day, sometimes something would occur that we would suggest and so forth. But no, we had some great writers, really amazing, great writers. And you generally <laughs> you stick to what they wrote because they were sure. good. Uh, Larry Gelbart was a genius, so you didn't mess around with a, a Larry Gelbart line because it was not going to be better <laughs> ever, you know, than right. Gelbart. Um, but uh, there were times when a line, a funny line, would come out out of us during rehearsal, and they would say, "That's great, leave it in. That's funny," or you know, whatever. But we, but it was a communal contribution. Everybody throwing in their best into those moments and i imagine you developed friendships um working we're so many family, hours. it it's uh, we were a family uh we we loved each other from hello and as we continue to grow and change we are uh, an exceptional um uh, exceptional things happened like we lost two major major characters in year three, the end of year three, we lost McLean and we lost Wayne. Right. And we were so blessed with our, now that we didn't think of them as replacements. Because fortunately, in, uh, um, as a medic, as an officer, you're, you're going to have movements. You're going to have replacements, people coming in, taking over, going home, and so forth. So, so Harry Morgan was, my God, a blessing to have. And as was Mike Farrell, and then David Ogden Stiers, who added a whole different note uh, uh, to this orchestra, if you will, this, this, this melody we were playing. Now, uh, what happened was because these different people came in, we had to respond differently. We had to make adjustments around them because they were different people and they were going to respond differently to each other and so forth. So it was like adrenaline pumping into us each time we had a new challenge with a new personality. And uh, it was a miracle. I always call it the miracle of Nash, but truly that's what it was. People, uh, and we loved each other from hello. It just, we talked the same language, we wanted the same thing. And we brought our best to the show that my my favorite, my very favorite little poster, which I hand out at the autograph shows. It's the picture of a broken leg in a cast, and we signed the cast. 
<clears throat> the cast the cast signs the cast <laughs> and it says it reads we set out to uh, break a leg you know that's uh that's what we say in the theater instead of right. good luck right. so it reads we set out to break a leg underneath that it says the rest is history mm. and for me for me that that says what happened in 11 seasons from from the pilot where i was with alan to goodbye farewell and amen where i was with alan we were the two who were in the beginning and the end and trailing just a little bit behind was jamie farr who joined us the first year as a day player and then stayed <laughs> for 11 seasons <laughs> <laughs> And and continued to stay as the character Klinger stayed in Korea and married a beautiful <laughs> Korean bride. But but um, the the thing is, um, uh, we were and are, I have to say, family. There are five survivors who are always in touch, who see each other, who love each other, and we are we are family. But the family, I have to tell you, is global. My my all of our fan mail, but, but speaking from my point of view, people always in, in their writing to me, I grew up with you. Well, that's family. I, or, or you were my big sister growing up, or uh, my mom held two jobs and I didn't see her very often. So I looked at you for my growth, my, my inspiration. Well, wow. I mean, aside from being a tremendous responsibility, what a wonderful thing to be able to do to affect a young mind growing up in a positive way. And I, I just think it was, um, uh, I, I, I call it the miracle of MASH with good reason. I think it did a wonderful thing to the audience. And, and they did to us. The audience was as inspiring to us, I think, as we were to them. When McLean Stevenson died, for example, as the character, when uh, Blake died, uh, the fan mail was uh, enormous. Why did you do that? Why did you kill? <laughs> you know, and um, it's a wonderful opportunity then to point out that we didn't kill that lovely man. The war did. You take <laughs> your anger and your passion where it belongs in the war. Don't let's lose Henry Blake's. But it was a very dramatic and, and daring thing to do to uh, kill a beloved and major character. And unexpected. I mean... And, and unexpected, yes. So when um, Mass ended and, and you were one of the two from the start, um, were you satisfied with the ending? Is it hard to end after 11 years, 11 seasons? It was, it was bittersweet. I was not, I didn't want to end. I wanted it to continue. But um, uh, the producers and the writers were afraid we would start repeating ourselves. Uh, you know, Larry Galbart used to say there are only seven stories in the whole world. There are only seven tales. And it's how you twist them and change them and, you know, the find different ways to say the same story and uh 11 years of doing that you know, you know they were afraid 
that uh, we would come to a place where uh, we didn't want to be in that spot. We didn't want to even repeat a joke. We just wanted to, uh, you know. And, uh, uh, but I, honestly, I, I felt we could have gone on for 20 years. We did. We went on for 50. So maybe <laughs> I was right. <laughs> yes. I might have been right. So how how did you end up um, in acting? Did you start at a young age knowing this was the, the path you were going to take? Uh, not as young as I would have liked, but my parents uh, were very definitely against uh, a career in the theater. They just uh, didn't want that for me. Out of fear, let's face it, secure, it is not. <laughs> you want your child to have some sort of security. <laughs> and not get lost in the wilds of New York City and, and <laughs> flyer trade, you know. It's a, it's a tough go. There's no question about that. But um, I always knew that's what I wanted to do. And as soon as I, as I was a, a, an age where I could say, Mom, I'd live for you, but I, I, yeah, I, I can't live for you. i die for you. I can't live for you. i got to do what i got to do or whatever. But... Um, <laughs> I think uh, uh, in my heart, that's that that is ultimately what I I always wanted. So, what was your plan once you made the decision that that was going to be your path? What What was my what? What was your plan? Like, how how did you plan that you were going to achieve? Oh, uh, I had to leave my house, which was in New Jersey, and uh, go to New York where, you know, I could go to school and study and, and look for work and, you know, what have you. Uh, I was lucky to live that close to what I consider still to be the, the center of theater and, uh, and work for me. Now, this is a long time ago, don't forget. Uh, television was in its infancy, so... When you went to New York as an actor, you were looking for theater. And so what did you first audition for? Oh, my first television job was on Captain Kangaroo. Oh, wow. <laughs> honestly, honestly, is that adorable or what? <laughs> I Scarlet Ribbons and uh, Ugly Duckling. <laughs> you know, there once was an ugly duckling, and, and um, uh, yeah, that was that was probably the first like uh, very very, and I was very young, you know, and um, r relatable. <laughs> <laughs> well, Captain Kangaroo, what was that like to get to meet him? Uh, what was that like? It's an interesting question. How do? What was it like? You had to be there. How can I tell you what it's like? I can't tell you what it's like to be on stage. Even. You know, <laughs> I, it's it's a question. Uh, you, I don't know what to do with that question. What's it like? I mean, I was doing. Uh, I've been living my dream. My dream was to entertain, to get on stage, to give, to make people laugh, cry, and feel. Uh, and say in any medium, television, film, whatever. So the feeling when you're doing it is uh, euphoric. You're you're happy. 
I love yeah. my work. I love doing my work. My work is not, quote, work. I love what I do. And uh, I uh, look back and, and think I, I found my niche and um, couldn't be happier. Well, and it sounds like that you also had a talent for art that you discovered at a young age, I believe six. Yeah, I, I, I you know, it's something uh, that I've always done. It's not a discovery so much as, you know, I'm just, whether I was doodling or sketching or whatever, and uh, then, uh, as it says in my art book, I did a doodle, a sketch of, uh, there was a little, a little blurb in a, in a book, in a magazine. It, it said, draw me and send it in for your prize. And I drew it, this little sketch, and I gave it to my mom and asked her to submit it. And I won. So, uh, which also didn't surprise me because I loved what I was doing. I think you're always good at what you love. Uh, I don't care what it is, but uh, anyway, um, I love I love to paint. Uh, I'm untutored, so I didn't know watercolor was the most difficult medium, but that's what I do. I do uh, watercolor, and I didn't know any better. Uh, people who do oils uh, say to me, you know, wow, watercolor is so difficult. I, I didn't know that, <laughs> uh, so I so I just did it. You know, the bumblebee, as is uh, oh, a well-known story and uh, interesting, according to the weight and breadth, wingspan, etc., according to those statistics, the bumblebee is not able to fly. But the bumblebee doesn't know that. So the bumblebee flies. Uh, and that applies to a lot of things that you go out and do because you love it. You know, um, they say, be happy, sing like nobody's listening in the shower. You do your best singing in the shower. <laughs> uh, dance like nobody's watching. Or So uh, I, I think that that bumblebee theory is very applicable. And uh, I see the growth in my work as an artist. I'm preparing my second book and I can look back and see what I thought was very difficult in the first book that I'm now sort of doing more easily and, and simply and oh I know how to do that and that's why practice works why, why doing things works practice makes perfect they say well I when I was learning how to play tennis, for example, I understood how practice made you a better player. Well, the first day you go out on the court, you can't even hit the ball with your racket. <laughs> so the second couple of weeks or whatever, you're finally making contact with the ball. The third, fourth week or whatever, you're actually hitting it over the net. And then in a month or two or whatever, you're hitting it so that your player can't get to it your your uh, opponent can't get to it so you're you get better all the time and that's why uh, a teacher will tell you to play with somebody who is a better player 
because it makes you work harder and do better. Mm. And, you know, so these are all, I think, theories that work. They're, they're honest and true, and that's, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> and so if you would have um, maybe gone the route of taking art lessons, um, perhaps the watercolor would not have developed um, at the level that you're at now because you possibly thought that was going to be too hard. Um, it's very possible. Uh, my artist friends, I mean, the true artists who study and paint and sell and do, they um, years ago discouraged me. Uh, they said, don't, don't study. You're going to spend six months learning dark and light, and you're doing it now. So don't, you don't, so what you're learning is theory in an art class, why and how. I learned it the hard way by doing it. Hmm. Yeah. Or is it the easy way? I'm not sure. <laughs> all I can, no, you, you see what I'm saying? So right. I'm cool. All I know is I just did it. And here I am planning my second book. And I'm, I'm, and when I look at the progress, I'm very pleased that it, 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 it's proving itself. It keeps growing and, um, and it, it's working. Well, let's talk about this first book that you have. So this is Watercolor of um, Animals. So are these all uh, dogs or cats? or No, they're animals. There's exotics. There's farm animals. There's everything. There's also some florals. And, um, but uh, there's all kinds of animals. Uh, um, um, one of my alliances, for example, is Farm Sanctuary. So you're going to have a beautiful goat that I'm crazy about. You're going to have uh, all kinds of fowl. My fowl weather friends, I call them, are beautiful hens. And because I have to do that for my other alliance uh, in Kauai, Kauai Humane Society, we're going to have a big auction of my uh, feathered friends uh, and paintings. Uh, so uh, all of these things that I do tie into my charity. It's all about getting a payoff with, with art and making it work for other things that does good. And um, so, but yes, there are, you know, three or four, I can't remember, maybe five florals. Uh, mixed in with, uh, as I say, there's there's um, dogs and cats. Yes, there's farm animals and there are exotics. There's a white tiger. There's a lion. There's you know. So it's all of it, uh, all all sentient creatures and florals. And do you feel like you're capturing their personality or their spirit? Um even though we're just looking at that moment in time um, that we get to see. Yeah. You're, you're speaking more like the observer. Uh, as, yes. As, as a painter, as an artist, you don't, you don't sit, you don't sit at the easel saying, I'm going to capture her soul. You know, that's not how it's for me. Anyway, that's not like, right. That's not the way you approach it. It's more like, uh, you know, uh, seeing shapes and colors and eyes and uh but um 
quite a few of my artist friends uh, and and even just friends who are not uh, into art say there's something about my eyes, the eyes of my uh, of my animals that I have captured. But that's not your intent when you sit down. You paint what you see. And if in that process I capture that moment in the eyes, then wow, you know. But it's a, it's a process and it's you're painting what you see. And that's what I see in those eyes or in that mouth or that nose or, you know, I don't, you, you, you follow the, my thinking as, sure. as the artist. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, um, I can imagine, um, like, you know, they say eyes are windows to the soul. So, um, there must uh, be something that's coming through there. There's spirit. Oh, too. yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We're, 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 we're doing that, but we're, we're really now talking only about intent. Just yeah. you know, sitting down at the canvas, you know, let me capture this soul in her eyes. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but, but I mean, know, listen, how, you know, that's amazing that you are doing that. Like, even if it's not the intent, it's, it's just really cool to me to think about the artist and I, I have no skills in uh, in art like that. But, um, <laughs> no, okay. When you say that, I have to address it. Okay. Would you like to paint something? Would you like to draw or sketch or paint or something? Would you Would you want to do that? Uh, I I did try drawing, but um, I'm I, I just more stick to writing and music. Aha! Uh-huh. <laughs> You're doing what you love. That's my yes. point. People will look at my painting and they'll say, God, I wish I could paint. No, you don't. If you <laughs> wish you could, you would. It's that simple. Honestly, I know it sounds like a simple rule of thumb. It's just, you want to do it, do it. And then you find, like, you made an attempt. It wasn't for you. Obviously, you want to write. Yeah. It's, it's so simple. We generally allow ourselves to do what we love, what we want to do, how we all want to express ourselves. We all want to be accepted with our expressions. And so that's what we do. And I, I, somebody said to me once, well, I can't draw a straight line. I said, you don't have to. You use a, a ruler. What do you think? <laughs> so so, so it, it really is very simple. So how long did it take you um, to to um, put the book together, like all of the of the artwork and the whole process, I know you have to. Yeah, it's 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 the pages and publishing and stuff like that. That's what takes longer. But yeah. the book and writing, uh, the I I pick the. It's very easy for me to pick the ones I want to feature, and then to write. I have little stories, uh, uh, editorials. Well. They're like my children, these paintings. They're very easy for me to tell you a story about, you know, sometimes it's what was going on in my life that brought me to that that sketch or that painting or, you know, that's, that's the easy part. It's a long time in the publishing area. And and um, uh, that's uh, I think that's that that's what takes the most time. And I would say the good part of a year. 
the better part of the year. Sure. So the second book that you have coming out, um, will that be more paintings of animals? and? Uh, absolutely the same thing with more okay. news, with more uh, what we've accomplished, uh, the alliance, the, the, what we've done with your money, with your contributions. I think that's important to uh, keep it in the family. This is what I did with, you know, your money uh, or um, laud somebody, for example. I did a commission and uh, the donation was $5,000. And I'm able to write a story about those very generous people with a picture, a photo of the painting, you see. So oh. that's, that's, that's coming up in the second book. It'll have different stories. Well, I can't wait to um, get my book and then oh, yes, please, I'll please. be able to see all the stories and follow along so that when we talk next time, um, I'll just have all kinds of questions. Um, so when did you get involved in um, animal activism? Oh, it, it, that's been my life. Uh, I mean, I just always related to animals. I mean, from the time I was in a, a stroller, my mom and dad used to tell me they'd laugh. I'd, I'd see a dog and I would blow up like a little red balloon and say, doggy, 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 doggy. <laughs> and they were like afraid I was going to burst. And so I've always, I think, related to um, sentient beings in, in the planet. And I've always seen what was wrong that had to be fixed. I didn't learn from the bad except to learn how to fix it. And that's what I'm still doing. And so you have also um, developed a perfume or a fragrance. This is true. How about that? But it's not a new thing. I, I have had a non-commercial fragrance uh, at uh, private shows for uh, a long time. Uh, I now have um, commercially available the slide, which is very popular now, the slide of my perfume. It's called Sweethearts. There's a, there's a surprise. Uh, <laughs> it's an adorable and, uh, title. I love it. I love the bottle and I love everything about it. And of course I love the, the scent. It's uh, exotic. Uh, there are different uh, little, um, uh, I guess, uh, yeah, I, I guess a, a different um, types of perfumes. Like there's floral, uh, and while they're all floral, they're different. Um, different. Um, yeah. I don't know what you'd say. It's uh, kind of like wine. Uh, theme, yeah, uh, sort of, sort yeah. of like that. Different taste, different. Uh, there's woods, for example, woodsy. Mm -hmm. There's floral. There's uh, and I'm exotic. That's the, my my uh, little corner is exotic. But people love it. It's lasting, and uh, it's uh, I put my little bottle in the fridge. So when it's really hot, I take it and you know slide it all over the the pulse spots, mm. and uh, and it works for me <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> But I'm I'm thrilled with it, and people are loving it. So, yeah. and so the bottle is heart shaped. 
Uh, yes, it is. My, I, a lot of what we do, I, I stick to that theme uh, because Sweetheart is um, the charity. It's Sweetheart Animal Alliance. And, um, and uh, Sweetheart works. I mean, it's uh, uh, clever. I wish I could take credit for it. <laughs> years ago, <laughs> years ago, uh, there was a uh, fabulous boutique very famous boutique in Beverly Hills called Giorgio's. Maybe you heard of it yeah. because they did a perfume as well. Giorgio's yeah. perfume. Fred Heyman was the entrepreneur. Um, rest in peace. What a lovely man. And uh, I would go to uh, the store. And as I walked in, he would always say, there's my sweetheart and give me a hug. And I, <laughs> I made a mental note of how, how lovely that was that I should use it someday. And of course, uh, and you know, and, and nobody can steal it because that's my name. So, <laughs> and, um, uh, so, so the heart shaped bottle, yes. Uh, the name sweetheart. Uh, I am starting a collection of uh, jewelry that are, that is heart shaped. And it's also my, um, my November birthstone. So uh, it's all there. I try to keep it related to the hearts and uh, because I'm appealing to everything heart sells, you know, I want people to um, learn more about what we can do to help uh, animals in our society. We uh, unfortunately millions of animals to death every year because there are no homes. So, um, got to get rid of puppy mills, kitten mills. We have to, we have to help that situation. So uh, I don't want to get on my soapbox with you, but the, so there are issues that I want to um, educate people about what they can be doing. I, how can I help you? Oh, go, go to your shelter and, and take a couple of those dogs and, and take them for walks there and keep them uh, in in society, let let them get um, uh, stay with uh, people and and uh, be friendly and so forth. There are there's so many things you can do to help that won't take up a lot of time and won't take any money. Of course, we always need money, but you you see what I'm saying. So yeah. part of my job is education, and uh, that's what I continue to do. So um, you have a new book that's going to be coming out. You said uh, also jewelry. Uh, I'm also November. So um, ah <laughs> uh, yes, well, my, I'm the fourth of November. When are you? I'm the tenth. So we're pretty close there. Oh really, Scorpio? You're a yes. Scorpio. I'm a triple Scorpio. Wow. Yes, I know. People generally sort of. Um, they tend to back away a little bit. <laughs> it's, it's Probably a wise. <laughs> a very, very strong sign, but a fervent friend. Scorpios yes. are are good friends. You know that. Seek them out. I always say. <laughs> hmm. um, well, Matt, you are not a Scorpio, but um, do you have a question that you are dying to ask? I do so when is your second book coming out um oh please oh god not not for a while oh okay I'm, 
I'm I'm so busy with projects right now. Sure. I don't get to it full time. Um, and but we have a collection of about twenty new paintings. So that there's the beginning and. Uh, uh, Things happen, of course, every day. Sure. See. So, so um, um, I have new uh, new alliances. For example, um, I've joined alliance with the uh, Israel the guide dogs for the blind. Mm-hmm. So I've done a uh, painting, also going to be in the new book, of a I call a blonde, the yellow lab, but I call them blondies, and <laughs> they're. Their um, what they give to a person losing sight is enormous. Uh, not only, not only safety, but the confidence that they're not alone, right? And the independence, and I mean, it's a, a miracle. We owe we owe our our dogs, our animals, so much. Uh, in the new book, there'll be two new paintings of military dogs. You know, things like that. Uh, one, I'm friends with his partner, and I'll have a picture of him uh, with his dog, with his military dog. And he lost both legs in Afghanistan. Mm. So the, 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 the book is going to be uh, enriched by a lot of these stories and new paintings. That, that's re- that sounds really cool. Um the other question I had was, you just did the, well, I mean, the 50-year anniversary just passed for MASH. I'm curious how you guys celebrated it. Um, it's a huge... Oh, we're still, uh, you know what, We it's too big. It's too enormous to do in one day on the 17th. <laughs> and I was with Jamie uh, mm-hmm. on our anniversary. We've all been some in some fashion together. Uh, we've given lots of interviews uh, but I think we're going to have to take the rest of the month, maybe the rest of the year, to celebrate uh, such an occasion. Yeah, that's awesome. I saw some pictures uh, with a, you know a couple of you together, so I wasn't sure if like everybody got together and you had some big party or something. Yeah, we're kind of spread out. Yeah. Uh, we're we're not all in the same spot, but uh, uh, Jamie and I uh, do autograph shows uh we do have a lot of we do a lot of outreach to fans and family right is he in new york as well i'm sorry no no he's not but we will be together in detroit there's a big show coming up in detroit oh awesome uh so i just was going to ask like looking back on the 50 years of you know all the things you've accomplished from MASH, through your activism, through all the things. Um, what do you hope that um, when you're looking back in the next 10 years or so, uh, what do you hope you've added to all of these things? Uh, well, I'd, I'd like to, uh, I guess, continue to grow, continue to uh, do what I'm doing. Uh, bigger and better. I mean, uh, we can only only hope to uh, get bigger and better. I hope my uh, alliances keep growing. I hope uh, people become more and more aware of what they can be doing to help 
situations, not only my charity, but charity. Uh, um, uh, I just caring uh, about humanity and people and, and getting better at what we do, getting, getting to be one big family. Um, and that's asking a lot. You know, you look around the world today, there's a war here and a battle there and so forth. So it's a big chore, but um, I guess uh, going forward in the next 10 years, I look back at what we've accomplished. Uh, I would like to keep doing more and more and better and better. Uh, yeah. And um, I don't know what new wonderful things that will come up that I don't know about now that I can talk about to you. So I hope uh, I'm here to grasp onto them and, and get bigger and better. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll have to, you know, in 10 years, we'll have to do this again. And, uh, oh, we won't wait that long. No, no, no. We won't wait no, that long. No, we've got that book to talk about once I get That's my right. copy. That's right. We, we should talk in a couple of months, okay? Yes. Well, you have been the most wonderful 100th guest that we could possibly have. How thrilling. I am thrilled. Do I get like a title or something? Or <laughs> uh, Oh, we are definitely going to think of a great title for you because this is um, it's an honor. And I feel like I'm just uh, interviewing a part of history. You are oh, an wow. important part. Thank you. Thank you so much. And uh, God bless. Enjoy the rest of your day. And uh, we'll talk in a couple of months. All right. All right. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Bye. God bless. Bye bye for now. Take care. As always, if you have any questions, concerns, or comments, you can send those to cat at iwriteplays at outlook.com or you can write to me at backstorysessions at gmail.com or matt at level11ventures.com. Thanks for listening and we'll talk to you soon. Take care.